values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, men at work. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. Utah has the best economic economic climate in the country. New York has the worst. Uh, the reason why we look at numbers like this is the economic indicators of freedom and, and the ability to keep more of your profits and lower regulation but keep a thriving economy. Um, and I understand – I talk about intention. I use that word intentional a lot, intentional growth. And Arizona has done a very good job. I don't know where many of you have come from. I know a lot of us are transplants. I'm one of them 28 years ago I moved here um, from Florida, from southwest Florida. And I watched Southwest Florida explode in growth, and it's doing the same thing right now. And I will tell you, with all due respect to the town I grew up in, they did not do a very good job of intentional growth. Certainly not like the Valley has done. Um, they have done a much better job of intentional growth here. The freeway systems, I've talked about this often, our freeway system, you know, the the, the veins and arteries of a thriving economy is, is the freeway system. And we have done a much better job than many other places of how we've done things, with one exception, um, which I found out through some people that have been here much longer than I have, that was the intent that Bethany Home Road was going to be kind of an east-west thoroughfare midtown. You know, you've got the 101 in the North Valley, you've got the 10 and the 202 down south, but if you're going east and west kind of in the middle of everything, you're kind of stuck taking a surface street. I guess early on the plan was that Bethany Home Road was supposed to be a freeway, and I didn't know that, but it was. It never happened. So there really isn't anything in the middle of town. You can take grand kind of diagonally across the town. We've done a very good job with our freeway system. If you look at the expansion of the 303 and the 101 and the 202s, both of them, uh, it's done a very good job with growth. And that's just a piece of the puzzle. And, and the reason why I bring this up so often is because when we vote, when we go to the polls, and if you watch it, I, maybe I'm getting a skewed vision of things. But when I look on social media, it is always broken down by party. And the Democrats fiercely defend the Democrats. The Republicans fiercely defend the Republicans. It's almost as if it's irrational sometimes, meaning when you're doing something even with the best of intentions and it's wrong. So if you and I get into a car and we are going to go somewhere, I'm behind the wheel, you're sitting next to me in the passenger seat, and we get to an intersection and I say, we've got to turn left to get to where we're going. And you say, nope, we got to turn right. You're looking at this wrong. We have completely opposite views. One of us is right. And one of us is wrong, but both of us want to get to the same destination as quickly as possible. Just one of us is wrong. When you figure out you're wrong, you don't just keep driving in the wrong direction because you don't want to admit you are wrong. You eat crow, you turn around, and you go in the right direction to get to the destination you are headed for. When I look at what's going on with the economy, I understand people on the other side of the aisle. And I, that's one of the reasons why I don't get involved in many big, big arguments and fights with people. I don't doubt that people that are left of center um, want what's best for people. 
there are people out there, you know, they're, they, they, they call themselves now democratic socialists. I just think they are absolutely wrong and they want to rule by legislation. They want to choose where your kids go to school. They don't want anybody leaving the public school system. You should have to go to that district school and that's what's best. And they don't want you to choose because you might not choose socialism. I don't like that. But I have friends that are Democrats. I know they want what's best. But when you look at things and they're not working, why do we continue to do them? The idea of we are going to make the poor better off by taxing the rich hasn't worked. We, it, it doesn't work. It just does not Gas prices are at a five-month high. I understand. And again, I'm giving this president and the people that he has surrounded himself with the benefit of the doubt. I believe they want what's best for the country, and they believe they're doing what's best for the country. But how do you look at energy prices in America and what's happened over the last few years versus the four previous years before this administration and not lay some of the expense you are paying, the outrageous expense that you are paying at the pump at the feet of the of the policies of this White House. They've even begun to reverse some of their policies, realizing that I, I think I think they're realizing that it has not worked the way they thought it would. You kill a pipeline, you stop drilling, you stop exploration, you go on a full frontal assault against the fossil fuel industry, and then you wonder why our capacity to refine is diminished, why we're not energy independent, why all of these other things are happening. Well, now you've got the OPEC nations that hate us. Let's be honest. A lot of these countries work with us because of the financial engine that we are, the economic engine we are. But they disagree with us in faith. They disagree with us in the way we do business. They think we meddle in their affairs when we tell them that sometimes you don't treat women the way you should and you need to be a little bit more um, – uh, contemporary in the way you treat people. They don't want us meddling in their, their affairs. They deal with us because they know they need to. But when the OPEC, OPEC plus nations are able to diminish the production of oil, knowing what it's going to do to our economy and theirs, they are not only are they improving their economy because they are making more money than ever before. They are also hurting us because the average American is spending so much money on fuel and food and keeping a roof over their head that they don't have discretionary income. And we are sprinting because of inflation, sprinting toward a recession. Same administration that told us that that inflation was going to be transitory. They were told not just by people on my side of the aisle. They were told by absolutely neutral people that are economic experts and people in their own party that this was not going to be transitory and they were in trouble and they kept up the the political facade for as long as they could and then now they talk about everything they're doing to ease inflation the inflation reduction act that raises taxes on some people is not reducing inflation and they know it so this is where my when i look at these polls that show arizona is top three in all of these positive polls you have to look at what arizona's done it wasn't luck we didn't get lucky. We are a destination. Our weather is attractive. Our geography is attractive. The stuff that you can do. The fact that in the middle of winter you can be wearing shorts and playing golf in the morning and taking your kids an hour and a half north and build a snowman in the afternoon just makes us an attractive place to live. But the way our economy has been diversified, what we have done has been intentional. Our leaders in the governor's office – 
when Governor Ducey was there, the head of the, our legislature, both the Senate president and the Speaker of the House and the different legislatures during that time, the uh, Chamber of Commerce and Industry of both the state level and local level across the state, all working together with a focused goal of diversifying our economy, making it more attractive to businesses, making it easier for businesses to start. And I talked earlier about this, the small businesses in Arizona. Streamlining the process for startups for a small business. That's huge to somebody. There are single moms out there right now or working families out there right now that want to start a business. And when they start looking at you got to hire lawyers and you've got to do this and you have to fulfill all these obligations and you don't know what you got to do next. And you're spending thousands of dollars you don't have just to get the paperwork done. The ability to go to one clearinghouse of a website where everything, it's like a checklist and links to everything you have to do to legally start a business. It's a game changer for people. Doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but again, it's one more step in helping someone live out a dream of starting a business. The attention to saying, you know, the intentionality of saying we are going to cater to the entrepreneur. We are going to cater to the business owners that want to come here. We are going to inflate wages by demand. And it works. And it is working. And I just hope we continue down this path. What we're going to do in a moment is um, we're going to talk about a story out of Scottsdale. Uh, It's been talked about by a lot of people. If you live in an HOA or if you're on an HOA board, you're going to want to listen to this next segment because you're not going to be happy with what I have to say. I'll tell you the story coming up here in just a moment. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. We're just having an argument about music is all behind the scenes like we always do. Uh, Thanks for being here. This story, first of all, if you live in an HOA, um, I'm sorry, Uh, if you are a member of an HOA board, you're not going to like anything I'm about to say. Um, An HOA in Scottsdale has decided, and I'm sure you've heard the story because everyone's talking about it because it seems so dumb and such an overreach. We all understand if people walk their dogs and they don't clean up after their dogs, they're horrible human beings. I think it is just one of the most disrespectful things you can do is allow your dog to to do his business or her business on my lawn and walk away like it's my job to clean up after your dog. I hate it. But in this HOA in Scottsdale, what they have decided is they've changed the rules. Because when you, when you move into an area with an HOA, you sign covenants and all these other ridiculous things, giving them more power than any group of neighbors should ever have over another human being. And it's annoying when your door has to fit within the same uh, you know, color range of taupe. And you know everything's got to be the same. And they've got to approve everything before you can do it to your house. And even then you can be fined. And if you don't pay the fines, they can tack on fees and you've got no recourse because when you bought the house, you signed on the dotted line, giving them absolute power. This HOA changed their rules. And so what they've done is they've sent notifications to everybody that lives in this HOA, this neighborhood, and they told them that they must, they must DNA test their dogs. And if they don't, it's going to be a $250 fine so that when your dog 
relieves him or herself on someone else's lawn and you don't clean it up, they are actually going to go and pick it up, DNA test it, and come after you. That is people that have way too much time on their hands. Now, I admit my biases as often as I can. I've only lived in an HOA once. And I rented a house. My ex-wife and I, we rented a house in this neighborhood. And this was one of the most embarrassing moments for me of my life. I was having a conversation with a client. I was at a client's business. We were talking. I was talking with the woman that did the PR work, the media stuff for this company. And she's a very nice lady. Um, we got along famously. And we were talking about how much I hate HOAs. And so I told this story about my HOA that I was living in. I I back into my driveway, and I'm not exaggerating, by about half an inch to an inch, my tires on the driver's side, because I backed in, were hanging over the edge of my driveway and touching those little granite pebbles they decorate your yards with in desert landscape. I got a notification from the HOA telling me that I couldn't park in the rocks. Um, that's the kind of place this HOA was. A guy driving around in a golf cart, taking pictures of my tires between a half an inch and an inch from the rocks. And that was what I got notified that I was going to be fined the next time it happened. So I told this story, and she was laughing at what idiots these HOAs can be. And she said, you know, I'm part of an HOA. She said, but we would never do anything like that in my neighborhood. Our HOA is amazing, and uh, they're easy to get along with, and they would that's such a waste of time. So we start talking, and we continue to talk. We find out we live in the same neighborhood. She was on the HOA board of the HOA that did this to me. I don't know who was more embarrassed, me or her, but I hate them. I hate HOAs. Um, I live, I've lived in a couple of neighborhoods. I live in a neighborhood now, no HOA. Nice houses, nice neighbors, very nice neighbors. Uh, nobody's got a car up on blocks in the front yard, and nobody's got a purple house. And it, it, It's just all of this idea that I'm going to live in a neighborhood where now if you're on the HOA board, it's great because you make the rules and you get the golf cart and you get to write the tickets and drive around like you're some kind of a robocop and you start to give out citations and wear a badge if you want. It is the most ridiculous things, and now you're going to tell people they have to DNA test their dogs. And if they don't, it's a fine. Well, how do you know if I have a dog? Do I got to register my dog with the HOA? I hate them. I hate them. It is it is uh, power-hungry people, and once they make the rule, then they tell you, well, you should get on the board, and then you can make decisions too. I don't want to get on the board. I don't want to get on the board. And these cookie-cutter neighborhoods where every house looks the same, they're within two shades of the same color, and the doors all match. And oh, What's the point of homeownership? And there are some that love it. I know there are, I'm going to get emails from people that love the idea of telling somebody else how they can live so that you're not inconvenienced by looking at a colored door that you don't like. I have, I have at my house, and I love it. I don't like the color of my house. I just bought a house recently. I'm going to paint it. I don't necessarily like the color of the house. But my door, my front door, is bright red. I have a bright red security door. I love it. I love it. And if I lived in an HOA, they'd make me paint it. I'm not living in an HOA. When I shop for a home, when I went looking for homes, I had a couple of stipulations. Number one stipulation is it cannot be an HOA. 
I am not going to submit to a bunch of people that have nothing better to do than drive around in a golf cart and DNA test dog poop. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, send me the emails or messages if you're angry at me for what I said and you want to tell me the virtues of HOAs. Good luck. You're never going to convince me. But this story should make you embarrassed if you're part of an HOA. Uh, Coming up in a moment. We go back to the lawsuit. Dominion and Fox News have settled. Is that good for either party? Is it bad for the industry? We'll give you details next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Thanks for being here. Um, now I just want to tell music stories. One of the best concert experiences I ever had was David Lee Roth, solo. And in the middle of the show, he disappears from the stage and pops up in the back of the arena in a boxing ring. Wearing these big robe that's covered in little mirror squares like a, like a you know, a, a ball, a ballroom, you know, the mirror balls. And big boxing gloves. I don't know what that has to do with the song Panama. But this whole riser rises to the top of the stadium, so everybody in the back row is now in the front row, and he bounces around and he sings this song. Song's over, takes the gloves off. Down from the top of the arena comes a surfboard with smoke coming out of the tailpipe. He climbs out of the ring. Now he's 50 feet in the air. Climbs out of the ring, gets on the surfboard, and crowd surfs right over the top of the crowd, singing California Girls all the way back to the stage. I love David Lee Roth. If anybody knows David Lee Roth, tell him it would be a dream to have a conversation with him. I had one. I got to meet him once, but I'd love to talk to him on the air. Anyway, back to the serious business now that we've talked music. We should we should do a music podcast. Oh, that's what I want to do. I want to do a music podcast because I don't want to make a lot of people angry when I start saying things about bands. I've already done it this week or last week. So anyway, um, the serious business of Fox News and Dominion, they reach a $787 million settlement. Uh, there have been uh, – Bill O'Reilly has been very vocal about this. You remember he was fired from Fox News and he – he still says to anybody that will listen, he was wrongfully terminated. Um, I know uh, O'Reilly a little bit. I've done a performance with him. We worked together on a show uh, here in the Valley once. Uh, again, I, I don't I don't name drop. I'm not trying to say I'm friends with people, but I'm telling you I do have a connection. So, uh, you know, when, when Hannity's name is thrown around, Sean was good to me. Early before I had a career in radio, Sean was good to me. Um, used to have me on his show often to debate the anti-war crowd right after my brother was killed. So 2003, 2004, I was a frequent guest on Hannity's radio show, um, done some, you know, television stuff on Fox News years ago as a guest. So when you start hearing these things come out and you see the text messages behind the scene, I have enough of a personal connection where it bothers me. I'm just being, I'm just being as honest as I can. Um, because, You want to think about people telling you how they really feel. It's one of the things I learned um, in my friendship with Glenn Beck was 
uh, he is a brutally honest guy. Glenn is. Glenn is a brutally honest person. And one of the things that he was, uh, and, and I, I used to think maybe sometimes it comes with the financial security of after you've made a ton of money where you don't need to work anymore, it's easier for you to tell the truth. But I will say to you that him telling the truth is what made him as successful as he was. Everybody had their own pathway. There's only ever going to be one Rush Limbaugh, ever. Um, there's only one Howard Stern. Um, there And other people have tried to be that and they fail miserably but everybody has their own pathway what happened here with fox news and bill o'reilly put it best when he said you know this is where this is when money becomes more important than telling the truth you know when it becomes a situation of we're going to tell the audience what they want to hear um so behind the scenes it appears in text messages as if these hosts tucker carlson sean hannity some others maybe laura ingram was involved in some of this were involved in text message exchange behind the scenes in which they were lamenting people in the trump administration that were making accusations of a stolen election that they didn't necessarily agree with but what they were saying is basically the audience this is what the audience wants, that we're caught between a rock and a hard place here. And I will tell you that enough people in, in, the, in the conservative circles, in the right side of the aisle circles, respected those names enough that had they come out and said emphatically and in one voice, you know, we – Love Donald Trump. I'm not, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but we love Donald Trump, but we disagree with the stolen election. There doesn't seem to be any evidence that these Dominion voting machines are corrupt, and it's a difficult position to be in. I, I understand it. It's not easy. It's not was not. It still isn't easy for me. I walked into a room on Sunday and uh, a room full of people and the election integrity conversation came up and someone asked me, do you think the election was stolen? And I said, no. And he was upset with me. And there were some people in that room that were very upset with me that I don't see. And they all want to have a conversation, which I respect. But they all think they're going to educate me on the topic as if I haven't done my homework. I just come to a different conclusion. That's not an easy thing to do. And when I go and front of a room on a Sunday afternoon, my job doesn't depend on it. I want you to think, and I'm not making excuses, but it is difficult when you think my job could be riding on this. And, um, But I think there's going to be bigger implications in the industry. We understand that there's a difference between a bias and a lie. A bias is we are going to tell the story from one perspective and one point of view only. A lie is we don't believe this is the truth, but we know this is what our viewers want to hear and see. So this is what we're going to give them. What happened in this case is when you have a core, a company that who has built its company on elections, on counting votes. And you're a part of a voice that says to some degree, this company's software and their machines are corrupt and maybe miscounting elections. And that's coming from the president's administration. There's a big issue there. And I think this is going to hurt the industry 
Or, in the end, it may help the industry long term. Because when you have people that are going out and parroting the phrase uh, Russian collusion or Russian misinformation when it comes to the Hunter Biden laptop without doing their homework, are you going to sue them because you weren't told the truth? Well, you have to show that you were hurt by that. But are people going to say you need to be telling the truth? That's not the truth. You need to now go out. I'll give you an example of what I mean by the media and bias. When the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky scandal broke, you may not remember this, but I remember it, and I wasn't even in the media then, obviously. But that story was out there. Every major news organization had that story. And I would even go as far as to say, in my opinion, having worked in this industry for a while now, many of them probably had the stories written Exposing, oh my gosh, this is the accusation and this is what's happening. But nobody wanted to be the organization that broke the story. The story was broken on the Drudge Report. That is where the Drudge Report made its bones. That was when the Drudge Report became a necessary go-to for anybody who wanted to read a clearinghouse of news stories. And that's where Matt Drudge made a huge name for himself in the industry was breaking that story. And then once Drudge told the story first, within minutes, all of the news organizations had their stories up there. So a bias isn't necessarily telling the lie. How many news organizations don't want to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop thing at all? And they don't. They downplay this. Um, how many organizations, when it came to the, the Wuhan lab leak theory, and anybody who said that they think that it was a lab leak, they were not only told they were wrong, they were part of a big conspiracy and a tinfoil hat wearer. And I think there may be changes coming in the industry as they see people are looking and they just want the truth. The American public can handle the truth. When I give you my opinion, I expect I'm going to have major disagreements with people, and I like it. I want people to disagree with me, but I also want you to know that when I come on here and I tell you I think something, I really think it. I'm not being paid to say it. I'm not being paid to not say it, and I think that's where people – you lose people when you aren't willing to stick your neck out and say, you're not going to like this, but here's what I think, and hopefully that's going to be a positive change coming. In a moment, a record set by our governor, but is it the record you want set? We'll talk about it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Governor Hobbs has now set a record uh, as she vetoes 11 more pieces of legislation, which now takes her total up to 63 so far for the legislative session, breaking the record held by Janet Napolitano when she was the governor, a Democrat with a very big majority of Republicans at the time. Um, she she uh, rejected 58 pieces of legislation by veto. Um, differences here. Number one is there is a much, much closer um, majority for Republicans, only one seat in the House and Senate. There was, at the time, almost a supermajority in the House, I think, at the time, and a big majority in the Senate of Republicans when uh, Governor Napolitano was in office. So what is it exactly um, – that the governor has vetoed so far um, abortion bills that would have forced doctors to aid uh, fetuses that uh, that are born in spite of an attempt at an abortion. Um, this is the one I like the way it's written. Uh, it banned so-called critical race theory. 
So the writer of this story obviously doesn't believe that it exists, uh, and uh, this is a little bit of editorializing. Um, Automatically removed Arizonans from early ballot list. Uh, she, uh, Governor Hobbs, has vetoed eight election-related bills and a sing uh, and in a single February killed a Republican-backed budget proposal. Um, she vetoed bills. And the governor is using them as fodder, sending out an email saying, I'm always ready to sign bills that make voting more accessible and accurate. The election bills extreme Republican lawmakers are drafting don't check either of those boxes. This was this is an attempt, as she is saying as governor, that she wants more Democrats elected next time around to get her agenda done, which all, all well and gets all within her authority. Um she uh, vetoed several bills that addressed gun issues. One of them would have legalized firearm silencers. You watch too many movies. Uh, there is a difference between a suppressor, a silencer, nothing. When you hear that little pew, uh, that's not what a, a suppressor does. And nobody even understands why people own those suppressors, but somehow that's going to make crime worse. I don't know, but whatever. It's Again, it's based in ignorance, but again, not the end of the world. But she vetoed that um, uh, would have preempted school districts from keeping parents with concealed carry permits from bringing weapons onto school grounds. Again, I don't know what the problem is with that. I'm just going to tell you if you if you have it, and I do. I, it's not required in Arizona. If you legally own a firearm, you can conceal it without a permit. That's Arizona's law. But if you have a concealed carry permit, that means you've passed a background check. They've done your fingerprinting. They've done everything necessary, and so. You can you're still not allowed to carry a gun. They believe you're still dangerous. But these are some of the things that are vetoed. Um, And so the reason why I'm questioning this is the governor continues. And she said from the beginning of her administration that she plans on working with Republicans. This isn't working with Republicans. What you are doing when you veto this many pieces of legislation and then you take a victory lap is you are saying that it's me against them and I have the power of the veto. They don't get what they want. But you're going to have to negotiate a budget. You are building acrimony. And there that I just think that the if you are going to work with opposition, you have to show that you're willing to. There's a difference between saying I'm going to work with people and actually showing that you're going to work with people, extending the olive branch. I think true leadership, that's part of true leadership, is working with opposition and leading the way by working with them. Not an expectation that they're going to change things that they believe in dramatically. And then if they do that, you'll give an inch. That's not leadership, in my opinion. I think that she's gone too far with the idea that there's all of this right-wing extremism. You do understand that there is only a one-seat majority in the Senate, and right now there is no majority because they've lost a seat in the House, that this majority for Republicans is very small. And in order to get enough people to vote, you are not seeing a lot of extremism here. I will tell you, there are some very common sense pieces of legislation that could be run when it comes to election integrity. And there are sometimes when things are put up there that you know are going to get vetoed. It is a two-way street in politics. But to say that the Republicans in the legislature are A, extremist, and B, playing political games, and the governor is right now being the person that is guarding uh, what would you call um, – uh, moderate being a moderate and the governor is also the one that's not playing politics is a false narrative this could be very easily be a two-way street of a political gamesmanship but call it that call it that 
You've got a legislature that has worked in a bipartisan way many times to get pieces of legislation passed, and you don't like them, so you veto them. Whether you whether it is something you think is bad or not, it's not your cup of tea or whatever, putting your foot down and saying, this is what I'm doing. This will backfire. There's no doubt it's going to backfire. It's damaging any chance at a relationship, and it's going to be a long four years for everybody involved. Coming up uh, just after 11 o'clock, we spoke with Representative Siskamani earlier about the border and about some other things. We'll let you hear some of it next.